So we've been walking through the book of Colossians for the last uh, little while, and one of the things I said when I first told you that we're going to do this is I, I, I wanted to do that, walk through the book, so you can see how just in one book of four chapters, you can pull so much out uh, of the Word. I think that's important for us to see. Sometimes people look at the Bible and they go, I don't understand any of it. I can't. Pastor, it's so hard. It's, it's, it's difficult. I, I look at it and I don't see anything. But So part of the reason I'm doing it is so that you can see, wow, uh, how did he get that? How did he do that? That you might do the same. Can I hear an amen? That you would be two studies, studiers and uh, if you like people who, who don't only read but feed on the word of God. And so this is part two of uh, my self-titled sort of thing, which I thought was quite a, uh, quite a, good, uh, a good one, which goes, study the Bible, haven't got a clue, tell me preacher what to do. And so that's my plan on this part two as we uh, work into it, because I think it's pretty important. The Bible is one of those books we've said that is revered, but not often read. It's revered. We, re we revere it, but we don't often read it. And if the Bible is to get into us, we need to be ones who get into the Bible. You see, the devil is not worried about a Bible with dust on it. He's not worried about that. He's not worried about a Bible with dust on it that's never used, never touched. Oh, it's an awesome book or whatever. But we need to be ones who would get the word into us. Good place to say amen right there. And so 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 says this. It says, study to show yourself. Not somebody else. Sometimes we rely on somebody else to teach us. Or you think, well, pastor will teach me. But the Bible says, study to show yourself. Everybody say yourself. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman or a workwoman that needs equal opportunities now, workman or workwoman that needs not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. We need to be able to handle the study of the word of God. Another version says this, do your best as one who correctly handles the word of God. And I did a sermon a little while back that spoke about this. Training enables you to do what you cannot do by willpower alone. And that is in order to study the Word of God, we need to realize it's part of our training. We need to spend time in it. Some people think, well, it's just the Spirit of God. I can just, I can just flow by the Spirit. I don't need to study the Word of God. But it's very important that we be ones who dig into the Word, uh, word of God. And that's just a part of life. We've got to put the effort in. And I know it can be hard sometimes. It can be uh, difficult. There are there are big words in the Bible and all that type of thing. There are difficult words in the Bible. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't spell Armageddon. I couldn't spell such a big word. It's Armageddon. You've seen my spelling. I couldn't spell Armageddon. But I thought, it's not the end of the world. Okay, <laughs> okay that worked. I practiced really hard for that one. You know, in our church, we have different ones with different skills and different things. We've got Darren part of the church, and he's, he trains all the police officers in the country how to use the taser. And he doesn't just go up to them and go, hey, guys, it's yellow, it's cool, it electrocutes people, and, and go on, give it a go. Watch this YouTube video, and then go out and give it a try. He wouldn't do that, would he? That'd be crazy. I mean, Leon over there, he's in the army. I know if he's doing uh, 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 firearms training, he's training people, he's not going to say, it's a gun, it's cool, they use them on the movies, it's so cool, just point and shoot, point and shoot, boom, boom, boom. How many know that would be disastrous, disastrous? Some of you don't know that would be, that's worrying, that's good. It'd be disastrous. 
It would, it would be scary as. They realize they've got to train people that do basic training. And so what we're doing when we're speaking about the Word of God today, we're talking about basic training. Because I'm training you to be a BSN. What's that? A BSN is a Bible study ninja. I want you to be someone who's able to, to work and get in the Bible and understand how to pull stuff out of the Bible. Because someone said this, hit and run Bible reading, reading often becomes hit and miss. Well, yeah, thank you, Grace. Hit and run Bible study often becomes hit and miss. So we're talking Bible survival here today. Bible survival. So we know what we should do, but how do we do it? How do we do it? So here's some BSN, a beginner's guide, three skills I said last time that we need to learn, and they are observation, interpretation, and application. These are three skills that we're going to be talking about. And last time I spoke, we, we spoke about observation. And observation is really asking the question, when you're looking at a passage, asking the question, what does the passage actually say? And I gave you last time a couple of steps. Step one, when you're approaching Bible reading, step one is pray. Remember, this is a supernatural book. Don't just, this is not a Tom Clancy novel. Okay, this is a supernatural book, so pray. You don't have to start at the beginning. You don't have to start. You can get in there and start studying a book, different uh, book, and ask and pray, God, what do you want to say to me? Good, 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 good step one. Step two is the five W's and the H. Five W's and the H. Everybody go, wah. Yeah, that's how it is. That side said it very well. This side, not so good. Why? So, so what is that? The, the step two is this. When you're looking at a passage, look at who, what, when, where, why, and how. Ask those questions when you're looking into it. I don't have time to, to rehash that. You can watch that on our website if you want to go uh, back to it. But of course, Grace applied that the very next week after I did that. She did a, a, a sermon on Joshua and she used the who, what, why, when, why, and how and, and, and things. And man, I was up in Rotorua. I was weeping because people were texting me saying, you need to find another job, brother. She's taking over your, she's taking, she, look at her. She's going, amen, amen, here I go. She, she preached, up a, preached up a storm using those those very principles. And of course, when you do study a person in the Bible, like Joshua, like David, like, like uh, Goliath, or whoever it is you want to study, that's, of course, as a character study. And that's another way of studying the Bible as well. We need to be able to study characters and pour, see about their life and ask all those questions of who, what, why, when, and how. And so they're very important. So still under the observation heading, let me introduce step number three. And step number three, if you're going to be a Bible study ninja... If you're going to be a Bible study ninja, is mark key words and phrases. Mark key words and phrases. When you're going through the Bible, get a pen, get, a, get some colored pencils if you're creative, get some uh, things and underline those, uh, those words. And why would you do that? Why would you spend some time to do, uh, uh, do that? Because often when phrases or words are repeated in the Bible, the Bible's trying to emphasize something. It's trying to speak to you. And you, you'll see it. Sometimes it'll go, uh, Jesus will say things like, verily, verily, or truly, truly. Why? Because he's trying to emphasize something. He's trying to say, this is, we in our modern day thing, we put a big bold, uh, a bold, I'm trying to say. But in those days, they didn't have the typewriters, of course, as far as I know. But, but they, they would say things, repeat them, truly, truly, verily, verily, I say unto you, to add emphasis to that. And so it's important. And so often we can see that, the, uh, that when uh, words are repeated or phrases are repeated, that the author is trying to get a point across. There's a theme. He's giving the intent of why he's writing. For instance, in Colossians, Christ is mentioned 26 times. 26 times Christ, and four chapters, 26 times. 
Why is he doing that? Simply because Paul was writing to get rid of a heresy that was in the church at the time, a false teaching. And that false teaching was what? It was a teaching that said, hey, we're going to rely on our own human effort. We're going to rely on all of the things that we're going to do to get to heaven. We need to do that. And, and, and we, you know, we're going to work our way up to God. And, and, and Paul's saying, no, no, you understand. You've got to understand this salvation that we have, this righteousness that we have, this, this all comes from God. He is supreme over it all. He's the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn among you need to understand this is about Jesus. Stop trying to work it out yourself and trust Him. Trust Him. In fact, it went on to say in, in, in the Scripture there, in Colossians 2.8, Paul said, This see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition. Man, that's how so many people live today. Oh, what does the world think? What does that think? What does what the Kardashians think or whatever their name is? Well, what do they think? What do they do? I mean, who cares? What does God say on a matter? Come on. What is God saying on a matter? We don't do, we don't want to live our lives by what Kim Kardashian thinks. She doesn't even know what she thinks. We're going to, or does she? I don't know. But the, the reality is, and do we want to even think what she thinks? I mean, it's just like, Flip. We need to not rely on the traditions and things of this world to, to get our salvation. And, and, and I talk to people and they say, well, you know, you, know, oh, you, know, you think of funerals. I mean, it's, I have to do a lot of funerals. And so when I do, uh, it's not my favorite part of the job, you know. So, but one of the things of funerals when everybody's talking, it's just like, oh, he was a good person. He was a thing. He'll be up in the pub in heaven having a drink for us. <laughs> no, he won't. You know, I've never been to a funeral where someone say he's down there. I ain't, I ain't. Oh, I'm coming, I'm preaching better than you're responding now. Come on. I mean, because everyone's, because what? Because, oh, he was a good guy. He never went to jail. He never did this. He never did this. Friends, we're going to send the Bible says it's not about our righteousness. It's about the righteousness that comes from, from God. Our righteousness is the filthy rags before a holy God. We need to give our lives to him. Stop following human tradition. Stop following the things of the world, thinking somehow that's going to, to save us. Your salvation comes from God and Christ, and Christ alone. We can't earn it. I was talking to someone uh, before the uh, last service, I said, and he said, "I'm look, I'm new to church, and uh, you know, one of the things I, I want to challenge us here is, uh, as a church, just something as Neil said that he's like, you know, if you're new here today, there's, uh, there's some great people here, and we, you know, go, go and talk to them. But I want to challenge the great people here to go and talk to the visitors. I want to make sure that we're the ones who are going and talking. Uh, come on, yeah, this side needs to go. Be ones who talk to the visitors. Don't let the, them stay, stay here. We want to create an environment friendly. Don't wait for a visitor to come up to you. You need to go and talk to that visitor. You need to go and create a place. I mean, I had to sit with a guy before, and he was just sitting like that. No one's talking to him. It's like, that kind of sucks. We're connect church. Go and connect with them. Come on, amen. I'm Pastor Adam. I love you, and I'm trying to help you. I do, I do, I do. That sounds like a good name for a song. Yeah, yeah, you caught it out. You caught it. You caught it. He says, Don't see to it that no one takes you captive through health, deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition, the basic principle of this world, rather than on Christ. And then he says this For in Christ the fullness of the deity dwells in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. I said I met a guy before the, uh, before the service, and I, I, he was new to church. And I said, oh, man, it's so great to have you here. He's like, yeah, I've been coming, moved down from New Plymouth. I've been here for a while. 
And he just said, that, I said to him, well, actually, I said, uh, you've been a Christian for a while. Just, you know, get myself sorted out. I said, we're having a baptism service next week. You should get baptized. It's just out there. It's just out there. And he said, oh, no, yeah, look, I want to, but I've just got to, you know, sort myself out. I've got to get myself ready. I've got to get my, basically, son, I've got to get myself cleaned up. Friends, you've got to understand, we can never get ourselves cleaned up. Really, we're going to, that's why we need you. If we could do it ourselves, we wouldn't need Jesus. The reason we need him is because we can't do it. Remember, friends, I said to you, holiness is not the way to Christ. Christ is the way to holiness. We can't change ourselves. We can't sort of say, I'm going to get myself all sorted. And I, I won't be a naughty person anymore. And I won't look at that anymore. And I won't be... I won't talk dirty anymore. I won't talk. Uh, you've got to understand as, as, as Christ works in us, as we give ourselves to him, he changes us from the inside out. He works on the inside of us. Friends, I couldn't When I got saved, man, I used to swear like a trooper, you effing fam. I was like, you effing I was so bad. I was so bad. I tell you, I go to my friend's place and they'd have to come and say to me, because I was, I was pretty wild. And so I go to my friend's place. I'm still pretty wild. I haven't taken my medication today. But uh, I, I'll go into my friend's place and I'll be, hey, what the F's going on? Effing, effing, effing. I wasn't talking about fudge, I can tell you. Yeah. And I'd, I'd go in there and have, my friends would come and say, can you stop swearing in front of my mother? I'm like, I didn't even know I was swearing. I didn't even know it. But it would just flow it, <laughs> you know. Oh, I'm rum. I'm a rapper. Uh, just flow it. I'm on the roll now. So, so uh, it would just flow. It, come, it would come out. But, but here, here's the thing. Here, here's, here's the thing. I, I, I switched about on the day I got saved. Let me just tell you, on the day I got saved, I couldn't believe it. My own mother was still like, ooh, he's not swearing anymore. I just I was like, ooh, heavenly language. I just overnight God changed me. I'm not saying He has to do that for it because somebody's still got foul mouths in here. I can tell you. Ooh. Okay, every now and then something comes out. I hit my hammer with a no, my nail with a hammer. Hallelujah! Oh Lord Jesus. Friends, we can't change ourselves. We can't do that. We've tried that. Everybody's trying. Well, I can't. That's, the church is not a self-help club. Church is, oh, let's just try and work it out all ourselves. This is about God help. God help us. God, we need you. God, we come in our lives. We can't do this by ourselves. We're sinners saved by grace and grace alone. It's not by works that any man should boast, but by his love that has touched us and set us free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First service didn't get that rant. <laughs> Hallelujah. That says Christ, 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 26 times in four chapters. 26 times because Paul is trying to say, this is about Christ. Stop trying to do it through your own human effort. Stop trying to do it by your own, own uh, uh, efforts and, uh, and following rules and regulations. This is, this is about Christ. He is supreme over, over all. In chapter 2, verse 13, it says, God has made you alive in Christ. You can stop that. He's alive. Some of us walk around like we're dead. We've got to understand that Christ has made us alive, alive in him. 
There should be something, his fire should be burning, uh, burning in us. Uh, Colossians 3 verse 1 says, Christ is seated at the right hand of God. 3 verse 2, it says, your life is now hidden with Christ. Stop looking at yourself and all your shortcomings and start looking at what he's done for you. Your life is now hidden with Christ and God, it tells us in, in Colossians. It says in 3.16, it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. That means what? We've got to get this word inside of us. Some people can't conquer things in their life. Some people struggle to get victory. Why? Because they don't let the word of God dwell in them richly. And so they struggle with things. And, and we've got to understand this. Way. It's, not, it's not magic. It's about principles. We're saved by the person of Jesus. But we must live by the principles of his word. Come on, amen. Hallelujah. We must live by the principles of his word, allowing f- to flow through us. Pastor Andre said that at the conference. I loved it. He's from South Africa. I stole that from him. Okay, stealing's not good either, okay? <laughs> My friends, we've got to understand. We've got to understand. We've got to live by the principles of his word. 1 verse 27. Colossians, Christ in you, My, one of my favorite passages, one of the most famous verses in the whole Bible. Christ in you, the hope of glory. What's it all about? Christ, 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 26 times in four chapters. Christ in you, the hope of glory. There's no hope just in your own strength. There's no hope trying to just work it out in yourself. The hope that we have, the hope that we have, is in Christ Jesus. We're not hopeless. We're hopeful, full of hope because Christ is in us. Good preaching, Adam. Thank you very much. So when you pick a word like that and you, you study it, it's called a word study. So you can, you can pick it out a word, a word, a word, a word. You can do topical studies as well, topical studies. Like someone said uh, in the Bibles, there are 365 fear knots, one for every day of the year. Apparently it's an urban myth, by the way. I've been believing that for years. <laughs> but numbers have meaning in the Bible. Yeah. Numbers have meaning in the Bible. Like probably the most famous number in the Bible that most people know would be 666, six, six, the number of the beast. For those Iron Maiden fans back there, yeah, yeah, you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Wearing your Kiss t shirt there, come on. Lord Jesus. But, but everyone, everyone knows 666, six, six, the number of the beast. Some kids sprayed that all over our walls at the church one time, thinking to scare us. I was like, it's really good. The young people are knowing their Bible. That's good. At least they know one passage out of the Bible. It happens to be that one. Flipping it, and I'll be watching out because the beast, the beast gets done, and you're in trouble if you know the beast. Amen. So numbers have meaning. Seven is the number of perfection. Seventh day, God rested. Twelve is the number of government. Twelve tribes, twelve disciples. Forty is the number of trials and testings. These are all things you can, you can study that bring life to the word, word of God. Uh, uh, Israelites wandered for 40 years in the wilderness, 400 years in slavery, 40 days Jesus was in the, uh, in the wilderness. Eleven, the number ele- eleven. Everybody say eleven. That's the time church starts. That's a good number as well. So that's when it, when it starts. It doesn't start at five past or... Whatever, okay, okay, man, so, so when you come in wandering late, I mean, the, our services hardly go for any time. Come, uh, to, uh, turn to the person next to you and say, is he talking to you? I don't know, I was here on time. I'm going to pass that, man, I love you. Jeepers. 
But step three, mark key words and phrases. Use colored pencils, use uh, things. I think we should have a little slide there. They're just to, to mark it so it themes it all the way through. So, you know, on love, a little red heart. Or when Christ is mentioned, cross, and you'd see 26 crosses in there. And that straight away gives you a picture of what the word of God, word of God is saying. Okay? Step, that's step three. Now here's step four. Here's step four. Everybody say step four. Step four. Step four. Look for lists. Not lists. But lists, okay, just to be L-I-T-S. I hope I spelled it right. Lists. Look. <laughs> you got to understand, i got some bad spelling in here. I say uh, the book of collisions. <laughs> the book of, turn to the book of collisions. I laughed and I, I suddenly read it, but, oh, book of collisions. There's no such book as the book of collisions. Uh, I haven't written it yet. It could be, I don't know. Step four, look for lists. Look and mark out lists. So what's a list? What's the list? Here it goes. In Colossians, if you were to look for a list in Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, Paul says this. Put to death. Ooh, that's pretty stressful. Put to death. He's not meaning, you know, kill people. But he's just saying, you know, if this is in us, kill it. Put to death. Therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Thank God nobody in this church has problems with this. This is just in other churches. Oh, Lord Jesus. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. And then he gives a list. He gives a list. Some of you will hate this list. It says sexual immorality. Oh, can I even say that in church? Impurity. Lust. Oh, Jesus, we all love him, but some of us looking awkward. You got to stop watching that thing. I'm preaching, I'm preaching, I'm preaching. <laughs> I don't know what you said, Al, but uh, Lord Jesus, help us. Evil desires and greed. Get rid of this stuff. Kill it. Kill it. Kill greed, man. Kill greed. Are you stingy? Kill greed. Kill greed. Be generous. Be generous. Sexual immorality. Because we're human. Oh, man. I know there's a thing so many people struggle struggle with. I mean, I've had lustful thoughts 35 years ago. <laughs> no, if I'm lying, uh, it's about 20. I don't know. It's, uh, but the reality is, if we're really honest and open about things, <laughs> some people are going, mm, <laughs> I can see you. It doesn't matter how low you go. <laughs> I can see you. It's like, watch out for that stuff, man. Kill that stuff. Because, friends, if you don't kill it, it'll kill you. If you don't kill it, it'll kill you. God's not saying that because he wants you to suffer. Oh, see, I've put this big V8 engine in you. and You can't do anything. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Stop it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> People say, Pastor Am, you got such a way you make us laugh while you're stabbing us. <laughs> He's killing me. <laughs> None of this is in my notes anyway. So. 
So that was the list. <laughs> it says, you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must live or rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice. I mean, even you, when you're studying the Bible, you can stop for a moment and just ask the question, do I get angry? Because I know there's some suckers in here. They get real angry. Wife does something, you flipping, and then you turn up at church and I hallelujah, praise the Lord. Glory. And you just get rid of anger. Get rid of rage. Some of you driving down the road, someone pulls out in front of you. I saw you on Capity Road. Get rid of it. I mean, you can do a whole study on rage and and malice and, and slander. There's, look, there's some church people, not in this church, but another church, they're gossips. They like talking about bad stuff that's going on with other people. Not here. <laughs> Come on, if I say, who's done that? I mean, we, we just put our hand up. We'd all put our hand up. We've all said stuff we shouldn't have said. They're like, get him off, get him off. Get him off, shut him down. Stop him. In Jesus' name. Get rid of all. You used to live like that, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these. This is the list. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. That's a Listerine moment right there. Clean your mouth out. And of course, then there's the most famous list in the Bible, the love list. Everybody knows the love list. You go to a wedding, they talk about the love list. 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It does not boast. That's a love list. If you start studying the Bible, you'll see lists all through the Bible. Look for lists. Step number five. Watch for and mark contrasts and comparisons. So contrasts and comparisons. Just turn it down the fold backs a little bit. It's just a little bit loud for, loud for me. Look for Contrasts and comparisons. That, that is the use, contrasts and comparisons as the use of highly descriptive language or word pictures that the scripture tries to communicate biblical truths to us in. So an example of a contrast, for instance, out of Colossians, an example of contrast would be this. Chapter 1, 12 and 13. Give joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you. That's a powerful verse right there. He's qualified. Stop trying to qualify yourself. He's qualifies you. Who has qualified you to share. We're speaking about contrast. In the inheritance of his holy people. In the kingdom of what? For he has rescued us from the dominion of what? Darkness. Darkness. Light and darkness. There's a contrast right there. When you study the Bible, look for contrast. Look for word pictures. Light and darkness. The kingdom of light. The kingdom of darkness. I certainly know which kingdom I want to be a part of. Here's a comparison, 1 Peter 5, verse 8. It says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like what? Oh, come on, you can say it like you believe it now. Come on, he prowls around like what? I mean, some of you, some of you are getting bitten by him even. He prowls around like a roaring lion. That's a, that's a, that, that's a comparison. Comparing the devil to, to a roaring, roaring lion. The Holy Spirit is compared to a dove or to oil or to, uh, you, you, can, you can see all these comparisons in Scripture. So look for comparisons and contrast. And so that's the first of three skills, observation, that we've done today. First, final, that's, that, that's it, we've sort of covered it. There's, there's way more, but this just gets us started. 
So that's the first of three skills you need to be a BS Bible study ninja type person when you study the Word of God. Step one, pray and study away. Two, look for the who, what, when, where, why, and how things. Always just be asking that. You don't have to get off. Even if you write this down and just go, every time you look at your Bible, just have that sitting there. Pray, who, what, why, why when, why, 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 how. Have it written down. <laughs> yeah, okay, I couldn't get in the right order, Grace. Be quiet. Mark key words and phrases. Step three. Step four, look for lists. Look for lists. Step five, watch for and mark contrasts and comparisons. We've also touched word studies. If you get a word, get a word, study it. Talked about character studies, people like Esther, and Deborah, and Gideon. You can, you can study, study actual characters in the Bible. Topical study, subjects like fear or love or goodness or the fruit of the Spirit. You can study, study those things. But this is enough, I think, to get anybody started in the Word. Next week, I want to look at the remaining two and talk about interpretation and application. And application simply is, is, is pretty easy. I'm not going to spend much time. I can't even tell you what that is now. But application is just doing it. Just, you know, do it. The Bible says don't be just a hearer of the word. Do, do what it says. See, the thing is you can go out of here and say, oh, Adam was so funny. <laughs> I couldn't believe he said that. He said it. I couldn't believe this happened or that. That was a great message, great fun. But if you walk out of here and you never pick up your Bible and you never mark it and you never go, I'm going to study it. I need to get into the Word of God. I'm just going to survive off Pastor Adam, whatever Adam says or Neil says or whoever's speaking from the platform. Friends, I want to tell you, as I said last time, the Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't because they've dug into it. I'm encouraging you to dig into the Word. Don't just rely uh, on me. Get into the Word for your for yourself. Application is going, right, I like what you're teaching now. Now I'm going to study it for myself. Friend, you can take this and do nothing with it, or you can take it and do something. It's time for us to be self-feeders and to open our Word. Don't get all big. Well, where do I start, Pastor? Start with something like the book of Philemon. It's like just short as it. Like I think it's 27 verses or something. Just start with a small small book and go, right, I'm going to mark out the verses. I'm going to mark out the repeating words. Just start somewhere. But do something. Learn how to correctly show, show yourself approved as one who can study the Word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads for a moment.